0: Welcome to this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we've become in the process. Now let's look into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Today's podcast is brought to you guys by Recoup Fitness. Our friends at Recoup have created a product called the Stinger, and it's the first ever recovery product of its kind. It combines myofascial release and cryotherapy, otherwise known as massage and icing, to replace ice cups for athletes everywhere. This is an amazing product because you can use it in hard to reach places or on bigger muscles like your quads and your IT bands. I use it right around my knee to help with the swelling and just a little bit of relief after I work out. The Stinger is something that you just place in the freezer for two hours and you can enjoy up to six hours of massage. Come on guys, recover smarter. Go to recoupfitness.com. R-E-C-O-U-P fitness.com. Use the code ACL club to get a discount on one of their stinger products right now. Go and start recouping like a pro. Hello, show your scars. I am Jordan Angeli, super pumped about this week's interview because this is a person, a player that America loves. It's Miss Allie Krieger, member of the U.S. Women's National Team. She just got traded to Orlando Pride in NWSL. We talked a little bit about that. We talked about her trip to the Super Bowl recently and who her favorite players were in that game. Allie goes over a lot of things that helped her physically and mentally during the ACL rehabilitation process and something that her dad has told her that really helped her in days that were tough. I think it's really cool that this is something that no matter what you're going through can be used in your life today. She talks about how she took her time and taking your time is so key that once she got released and playing again that There was still work to be done and she still felt like she progressed back into what her sport demanded of her by playing with the second team and working back up. Allie is just a really cool person. She has great personality and energy and I think you guys are going to really enjoy this interview and get some tips from her about what helped her in her injury recovery process. Plus, you're never going to guess how she turned really turned tragedy to triumph in winning one of the biggest medals that is known to a soccer player. So, Without any further chat from me, let's just hear it from Allie. Here she is. Allie. Hi. Hi. I'm not a creeper, unknown caller. It's just Jordan.
1: (laughs) Hi, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you? How was training?
1: Good. Um, it was good. It was really, it was good. It was a little long, so I'm sorry that, you know, we're running a little behind. But, no, um don't be sorry at all. I um, want to start off and, like, I want to know how the Super Bowl was. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Like, honestly, I probably will never do that again, so I wanted to, like, <laughs> do it all, know, like, like do the most and we absolutely did everything possible I think just things just kind of fell into our laps like each day it was like hey do you guys want to come here do you want to do this or that and it's like um yes so through like everyone's connections and agents through the agencies Mm -hmm. I mean it it just was like party after party and like appearance after appearance and like And some, came up on, like, Saturday. I mean, it was just, like, oh, everything was last minute, but it was so fun. Oh, you
0: didn't have tickets to the game until Saturday? Until Saturday,
1: yeah. Oh, so, my I gosh. Mean, that's awesome. I had my appearance. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, my appearance was set for, like, a few weeks in advance, obviously, with the NFL extra points and doing the kick and stuff, which was uh-huh. so fun. But then I was like, well, I guess I'll just come home Saturday, you know, or, or Sunday early morning uh-huh. before the game. Um, and then my agent was like, well, you know, it'll probably be last minute for tickets, like Gatorade's working on it. So, you know, we'll see. And, and I said, okay, fine. Like, I'll just wait around and, and kind of hope for the best. If not, I'll just go home early and watch the game at home, you right, know? Right. Um, and it just ended up working out and it was awesome. And I was like, well, we're never probably going to be able to do this again. So we should go. That is, I love it. I love it. It's the Super is yeah. a
0: weird thing. I actually went last year um, uh-huh. and it's, it's a weird game, right? Cause there's all the yeah. momentum, like it's like, stop and start. I was surprised about how, who are you rooting for first off?
1: Well, I, I really wanted the Falcons to win. Yeah. Um, just as Twitch. I mean, them. I like Tom Brady and yeah. I, I, you know, he's like the best of all time, but I'm kind of just like, I, I was rooting for the underdog and yeah. because like I'm East coast and also, I don't know, more, more Southern, I guess, than Northern. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of wanting them to win because they had such a great season, and I don't know. Tom like wins all the time. He does, but I mean, when you do something like that, he
0: is he's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, what a cool game! What a cool game to witness. Well, at first we were like, okay, this is a blowout. (laughs) Like it's already like twenty-one nothing, or like twenty-eight to three, or two. I don't even remember. And I was just like, "All right!" Like all the Atlanta fans around us were so pumped. And then all of a sudden, when that when the guy sacked him and the ball like gets loose, that was when all the momentum changed in the second half, and like Atlanta couldn't mm-hmm. get it back. Yeah. So it was
0: okay, really cool to see. Favorite player um, that played in the
1: game. Probably. Um, Both, I saw both number elevens on each team, which was so random. But I was like loving it because (laughs) Julian Edelman, and then what is his name, Julian Jones, as well? Yeah, yeah. Julio. Julia. Julio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julio. Um, They were like they were like crushing it. They made like two epic like catches, and I was just obsessed with that. So I really think that both of those players like had a phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really like. the Ryan, the quarterback. for yeah. Atlanta, I thought yeah. he was like, unbelievable. Yeah. He he has a good so. presence, but
0: those 11s must've felt your, you there. And they were like, we got to, sh- we got to show another, <laughs> our other number 11, yeah, you know? <laughs>
1: exactly. They showed up. So they're like, well, she's up in the nosebleeds. So, right. gotta,
0: like, um, out. okay. Well, I had, I just had, I was talking to somebody else and I asked them what the first question I should ask you is. And, um, okay. You you have to um, guess who it is and answer. Are you sitting up straight and are your shoulders back?
1: Um, I'm sitting up straight, but my shoulders are slouched.
0: Gosh. And who would ask you that question? Um. Oh, you know this. Who always says, uh, "Are you are you are you standing oh, Chris. up?" Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris. Chris Gore, when yeah. I do that. <laughs> yeah. I just talked to him for a while about, um, how we can help athletes after they have been injured and been cleared from their like PT or uh, doctor, but still in that area of where there's like a lot of work to be done. It's a gray area, you know, with return to right. sport where you still got to crank some workouts. So we just had a good talk about that, but um, I challenged him to give me a question, and he said that. But then he also said, um, "What are you going to do without me?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably nothing. My game's going to like dwindle. So.
0: And um, when his last question was, "When are you going to invite Jordy and I down to watch you?" So, <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's all about us, I guess.
1: You're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of rooms, so you can stay at the house. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, really, Al, I'm so thankful that you take a little bit of your time. I know you're a busy lady, but take a little bit of your time to talk to us and kind of um, talk about your scar story and how you got through your um, biggest injury probably in your career. Um, I don't know about that. Maybe I know you had a a severe concussion as well. So both of those similar, you know, the concussion, not, not a scar story, but Um, still the same impact of being away from the game in a different way. But um, I want to go back to uh, January 20th, 2012. What does that day? Yeah. I, right away. I mean, what does that day bring back for you?
1: I immediately got like a headache. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of um, your podcast today and, and a part of sharing my scars with, um, the ACL community. So I appreciate the invite. And it's just so good to catch up with you again. But um, to go back to that day, it was obviously at that moment, I didn't realize it was going to be the most grueling um, recovery process uh, that I would ever go through in my life. The Maybe it was the most life-changing experience um, for, you know, looking at it as a, in, in a positive way immediately when that happened during the qualifiers coming off of like an amazing world cup experience and feeling really good about my game, thinking I was, you know, at the top of my game at that time, my career was 26, I think, or just turned 27. And so I'm feeling like I was at my prime and like feeling really good. And then that injury happened during, you know, the tournament. And I didn't realize how bad it was going to be, um, during, uh, you know, when I was still on the field laying down, um, you know, feeling pain in my knee, I didn't really realize that it was my ACL, MCL, and meniscus, Uh Um, you know, obviously until the x-rays and and MRIs and everything, so I guess during that time, I was still really positive, because I was hoping that it would only take me, you know, maybe a, you know, six to eight week period, I would be back, I'd be able to go to the Olympics, like, I wasn't at that time thinking, okay, this is going to be an eighth-month you know, or 12 months, 14 month process. So, um, yeah. you know, until I found that out the following day, we did an immediate MRI. We went in on a Saturday morning in Vancouver and the doctors were there and uh, they came in on their day off, which was amazing. I yeah. uh, did a full MRI. And then, you know, I found out that morning before I went to the training session. So it was, you know, it was devastating. Um, you know, I was so pumped to go to the Olympics and especially in London and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of starting my career and feeling really good with the national team. And so that was devastating in itself. So yeah, it it was really, really tough to kind of process. It took me, you know, it took a a week or two to kind of sink in uh, with everything, but I tried to stay positive even from the very beginning. Yeah. And
0: I think your immediate reaction there, like it's not, it's not as bad maybe as you know, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And then, you know, timing, as you talk about, I think timing is such an interesting thing and um, how this injury happened. You know, like you said, you were, you were at a really good point in your career. What you thought at the time was like the best of of your best. Um, How hard was it? And what helped you immediately for the, on a mental side um, to be sidelined at that part, part in your career for such a long time?
1: Um, it was the toughest, toughest experience uh, of my career. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, you know, going through that and just, you know, it's, the game that I love most and the thing that I love to do most is, is to play football and to be out on the field, with my teammates and to get better every day and to challenge myself and to play at the highest level. And so I think being sidelined for that long, that was an experience in itself. Yes, I was sidelined in, in college for, you know, when I broke my leg and, and that, but this was a different type of um, energy that I had to mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, I felt like in my career, because it was the second, you know, Uh, biggest injury of my career. So I I had gone through something before, but it wasn't to this, um, I guess, intensity Mm -hmm. because of the level that I was playing at um, and the tournament that we were preparing for. So that was, uh, you know, that was, that was so difficult um, to be sidelined and knowing that I would have had a really great chance of making the Olympic team. Obviously I never get complacent. So at that time I was like, you know what, I have to continue to work hard. I got to do well in this tournament. Um, and in that game that I hurt, you know, got injured, we were winning already seven to yeah. seven, nothing. I yeah. think before the half, yeah. and I think Pia had planned to take me out uh, at the forty-second minute or so, or happened at the forty-second minute, and I was going to go out at halftime actually, yeah. um, and and that was probably the plan. So even that, knowing that now, I was like, ah. Even more uh-huh. devastating, but you know what? I, I honestly, everything happens for a reason, and I think that because of you know that injury and, and going through that process and sitting on the sideline and and having to be more of a vocal leader than a physical leader on the on the field, I think that really changed a lot of my perspective um, in a leadership role, but also just as as a teammate and a player, uh, being a part of my club team in Frankfurt and with the national team. And I think that is something that, you know, I will never forget and that I grew and and learned and, and succeeded. And I think uh, just kind of learning these small little details kind of more just sideline than, than obviously physically helping the team. But I, I also wouldn't have gotten to where I am now if that wouldn't have happened, because I think I paid so much attention on, you know, the, the different types of exercises, having to get back, you know, even just jogging, Mm -hmm. I mean, doing the stability exercises, like, you know, and in the, um, you know, the little small exercises in the gym that you have to do every single day, the balancing exercises and all that, um, just the little technical exercises that we had to do to stabilize our knee or to get stronger and make the muscles, you know, stronger around the knee to help protect it. I think if I never paid attention to that, that I wouldn't be the but you know a better player like I am now coming out of that injury so I'm actually happy that I I really took care of myself mm-hmm. you know and, and did the correct rehab um to, to be where I am now because I don't think I would be where I am now if that if it would have never happened which is funny to say but, absolutely um, yeah I and I-
0: I think it's true too. I think you're so right on that. What you, I want two examples of just exercises that you still use that you learned in the process that you still warm up with every single day. Like, what do you do? Um,
1: Yeah, I I really like the stability exercises, and I also do a lot with Chris too. I love plyos, which I think helps, and and just like um, the knee prevention exercises. Yeah, like a mini band. Exactly, the mini bands are key. Um, you can use the double band up above your knees and then on your ankles. And I do all of those little exercises, side to side, front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ten steps forward, ten steps back, and then kind of firing up your glutes, your your thighs, your you know every muscle like in your legs like, to kind of get you prepared to move. And um, you can do jumping with them as well, side to side, mm-hmm. um, or just up and down. Um, even just like laying down on the side and doing like the crab ones or the the shell on the, the, the clam the
0: clam
1: <laughs> yeah the clam one
0: of the one of I know the, that's oh. so awesome it's so, one of those creatures in the ocean
1: <laughs> yeah whatever
0: um, you go so, no, totally. um, so
1: yeah we're doing the clam uh-huh. those are like those are key you know just like little things like that and also yeah. just without the bands and jumping side to side doing five. Mm. Five jumps to the right, five jumps to the left and forward and backwards and kind of making sure that your knee is stable just to have that prevention um, before training love it. Which is really good. Yeah. Um, And that's really important. But the balance also, say, for example, with a Bosu ball, Mm -hmm. and you're doing, like, RDLs on the Bosu ball or just for balance, just with your body weight, you know, um, standing and and making sure that, you know, you have that type of balance. So I Mm -hmm. try and do that. That doesn't always happen before training, but, you know, in the gym. You know, I always roll out, and then I'll do some balance exercises. Definitely do the – you know, the band work, and then I'm ready to go. Yep. Um, it's so
0: cool that when we go through the like, a big injury, we learn so many things about how our body really works. And we keep that throughout, you know, what we're doing, you know, that awareness is something that we are really thankful for. I think that's what you mean by like, I'm right. so aware of how my body functions now, that I want to do everything I can to keep it that way.
1: Absolutely. And especially at my age, you know, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I, I feel like I feel really good. So I think i um, still at 32. Mm-hmm. So I think like that is also what is helping. I mean, not only the yoga, mm-hmm. but also, you know, these, these exercises, yep. the pre the prehab exercises that you still need to do, um, you know, even when you are playing at 100% and you're back out on the field, you still need to take care of your body and make sure that you're continuing these exercises, which I don't think I would have ever done if I never got injured. So, um, you know, no matter if you're going through this process or not, I think that those prehab exercises are key. So even at my age, that's really, really important uh, to make sure that I do. And and Chris obviously reminds me of that (laughs) um, when we train. Um, So that's been a real help. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Okay. So that's, I mean, I love that. I love that how that keeps, you know, keeps going now into your training, but let's go back to your rehab process. And I want to know, um, what was, do you remember a moment during the process where you were like filled with joy? It was so, you were so happy to do X, Y, or Z, whatever it was, um, explain that moment and kind of the emotions you had and why those kind of popped up.
1: Um, I remember specifically being able to jog the first Mm -hmm. day back. Um, you know, I spent time at home, uh, right after my surgery and, uh, until I had to really physically go to rehab for my nine to five job back in Germany. Um, which I was very lucky to do because they were, you know, I, I then had a nine to five job at a facility in Frankfurt that was you know, a treat, like a rehab center for, you know, professional athletes. And, um, you know, I, they were just watching me like a hawk. So I, I was so grateful that I was actually there during, uh, this injury because, um, I don't think I would be back to where I was without them. Um, it was called R2 Sport in Frankfurt and they took care of me two sessions a day. I had treatment in the morning and then I would do my strength, um, after lunch, I would eat there at the facility and then do my strength session and then, you know, little exercises. But the one day that I went in there and I could start like going out on the field with the group, there was always a group that would stay in the gym and then a group that, you, you know, cause we weren't yet prepared to go, you know, we weren't able to go out on the field yet and run or do any of the exercises on the field. So that first day that I could go out with that group <laughs> yeah. and like jog just once down the field, mm-hmm. just at a slow pace. Um, I videotaped it. I sent it to the U.S. team. Like, I sent it to all the girls. And I was like, I know some guys, like, wanted to see this. So that day, like, I was just driving into the rehab facility, I don't know, eight in the morning that morning. And I was just a huge smile on Mm -hmm. my face because I, like, couldn't wait to go. And um, it just was such a good feeling because you don't realize – how much you miss something until it's gone? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's so cliche, but it, it just was like so refreshing to put on my tennis shoes again mm-hmm. or my runners and just go out on that field, even though it was turf, which kind of sucks. <laughs> but um, it was just refreshing to be able to run, and you know, I, I was running normal and walking normal. I mean, the walking is, is difficult at the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. You have to do heel toe, heel toe, and kind yeah. of like you know, remind yourself. So that that day i will never forget i will never forget how the weather it was like a spring cool spring day morning and like it, it just was awesome I and i was that. so so excited
0: that's amazing i love that and i love that you use the word refreshing because when you're putting on your tennis shoes your running shoes every single day and you're not running you're like oh this is so refreshing i'm putting my running shoes on and i'm going to actually run <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah. It's like okay. There's a purpose for today. Like I'm gonna go get this done. And yeah, it was it was very very exciting. And I I was like tearing up a little. I think um, just because yeah. I was just so proud to to be out on the field again. So yeah. that was that was a cool experience.
0: That's great, Al. And then I, I'm gonna bring you right away into. Can you pinpoint the hardest moment during the journey
1: that you had? Um, I think. The hardest moment was maybe, um, I don't know, physically or mentally. I think they're kind of tied physically. The hardest moment was just not feeling like I would get back to where I was, if not better. I mean, when when I was first starting out, I was slow. I was two steps behind. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating because I was like, You know this is this is going to take some time, and you just want to go from zero to 100. When you're out playing, you wanna you wanna be two steps ahead. You want to be right back to where you were, if not better. And you're you're thinking, okay, well, what did this rehab actually do for me? Like, it's not this isn't helping. Like, I'm not I'm not good, or I'm not as you know good as I was, or uh, how long is this gonna take? And I think that was probably my first game which was that following September with the second team in Frankfurt. I played Mm -hmm. with the second team. I played about 70 minutes, 60 minutes. Um, I remember 60, yeah, probably 60 to 70 minutes with the second team because they kind of slowed, you know, obviously had to turn my way back in. But it was so frustrating because I couldn't, like, you know, stop and turn as fast as I could. I would just keep, like, running. You know, as an outside back, I would – um, an outside mid would get the ball and they would go to like, you know, try and beat me or serve it. And I would just keep, you know, I would just have to keep running. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't like stop, yeah. you know, and I was so so afraid mentally to like, you know, do something wrong. So I think I was just frustrated. It was the hardest thing to be kind of two steps behind for a while, yeah. um, for a few months and, until I got back into the swing of things. And then mentally, you know, constantly thinking, okay, um, Can I like you know play full or do I have to be careful or is this going to happen again or you know it was just yeah that back and to forth there, yeah right and not feel stable you know yeah. so mentally pushing through that, um, that was difficult, but it, you know, it obviously came with time and, and it's just one day at a time. And that's what I constantly had to tell myself, but those were probably the frustrating moments.
0: Mm-hmm. And the mental side of, you know, the reason I started the ACL club was I just feel like we don't get enough resources on the mental side of this injury and the getting back from really injuries, injuries in general. I think it's, um, you, we lack the information Um, to to the athlete. So um, I'm always curious to, to know what people did mentally to help them. Um, Did you have an affirmation that you said to yourself? uh, Did you visualize quotes that helped you any anything that helped you kind of face those mental battles and refocus your brain into something like remembering that you are capable of doing this and that you were strong. So what were some of those things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on the mentality part of it. I think everyone deals with it differently. So Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like, you have to think of what works best for you. And it could be different from what works best for me and and from someone else. So I think that for me every day, I would just say, okay, I'm going to set a small goal today for myself, I'm going to try and straighten my knee Mm -hmm. as far as I can, or at least, you know, however many more centimeters that I have to do it. And you know, and then tomorrow is going to be more, you know, more, I think just the setting little goals for myself and then achieving them. And I think each day I felt like I was moving forward or progressing in a positive direction in and, and strengthening my knee. So I think I would just set little goals and try to achieve them daily mm-hmm. um, and not kind of look at a bigger picture. I try to take one day at a time, one week at a time, um, one session at a time. Even in if I had a t- you know two-a-day session in the facility, I would be like, okay this is the first session. I'm going to crush it and then I'm going to eat lunch. And then after lunch, I'm going to move on to the next and I'm going to do my treadmill, whatever, I'm my walk. I don't know, but I'm going to try and do heel toe every day, you know, or every movement. So it was kind of like setting those small goals, but then also thinking and, and reminding myself that, um, my dad would always say this to me growing up and it's, you probably already heard it, but and a lot of people know that I use this all the time, but it's you can only control two things in your life. It's your work ethic and your attitude. And so I tried to work hard um, and and set those small goals and then, you know, have a positive attitude about it because you couldn't do anything else. You know, I, I couldn't, you know, move three, four months forward and pretend like, I don't know, this never happened. So I needed to kind of go through the process, grow, learn and move forward. And I think that I tried to do that every day. But setting those small goals were really, really helpful. Yeah. Cause then if you achieve them, then you're like, Oh yes, like I did that. That's awesome. Like I can move to tomorrow. I can set a new goal and then maybe set a goal for the week and then the month and then the, you know, the next few months. So it was, it was a process, but I think more mentally that's how I achieved, you know, the more success. Yeah. I love it. I
0: think that's amazing. And that's, it's interesting that those, I'm not saying this works for everybody, but you're talking about, too, physically, the hardest thing for you is when you're getting back on the field and not being able to, you know, you you know what you're supposed to do, but your body is not caught, yeah. up, caught up with you. And right. um, those, right. those two things of, you know, your work ethic and your attitude, that reminder that you would tell yourself every single day. When I got back onto the field, I would tell myself, um, work hard play simple and be positive and be positive meant being yeah. positive with myself and being right. positive with my teammates, because if, right. you know, that's such a reciprocated thing. So, um, I'm totally with you on those. And I think those are such powerful, you know, work ethic and yeah. attitude, absolutely control what you yeah. control, especially in, in right. this kind of situation where
1: everything is, seems to be all over the place. And even if you, you know, are thinking, I totally agree. And I think that when you speak positive, you do positive. Yep. And then, you know, so, so I feel like that's such a great, um, that's such great advice for, you know, players who are going through this and people who are going, athletes, whoever uh, that are going through this process. And um, no matter if you don't feel like you were successful that day at your PT or rehab or, you know, session, um, you, you can then think at least you're thinking positive. you're like, well, I showed up. You know, I did what I could, and then tomorrow's a new day. And and kind of talk like that so that, you know, you you mentally are feeling good about it, and you're doing everything you can to your best ability. And I think that's all you can control. So that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Can... I just think we're on the same page. I think that,
0: yeah, you know, I, it's just a similarity in the way that we think, like you said, everybody kind of has things that work best for them. And, uh, that, the, that technique kind of worked best for us. Um, you mentioned earlier, like you were thankful for this a little bit. What's your, what's your takeaway? Um, <laughs> what's your takeaway from the process?
1: Um, you know, my takeaway is probably paying more attention to uh, the details uh, in my training, but also, um, you know, not losing sight of what your goals are. Mm-hmm. I think that if I would have just given up after and been like, you know what, I'm like, I, I can't come back. Like, I, I, I don't think I'll ever play at this level again, because that did cross my mind. I'm like, OK, yeah, look, like, at that moment, you know, you're playing at the yeah. highest level, even in professional soccer. We both played in at the highest level. And so um, I think that you mentally or I even mentally thought, OK, gosh, this is going to this is going to take a lot. Like I need to really buckle in and, and you know, prepare for this. Uh, obviously, I can only control me, but, you know, I'm going to do my best to get back. And um, I think that, you know, that 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 was the biggest thing that I took away is that, you know, you have to just mentally and physically prepare for a tough recovery process and that you can't take it for granted every time i put on that national team jersey every time i put on my you know uh, professional soccer club jersey i go out there and you never know if it's going to be your last game. So you have to put every single thing into it um, because you never know if you're going to play at that level again. You never know if you're going to be able to step out on the field again. And I think that is a mentality that if everyone had that, then, um, you know, everyone would be just so determined to succeed um, and, and play their best because you can't take it for granted. And I think that that's something that I've learned through the process is that, you know, every opportunity is, a great opportunity to play you know soccer and have fun and and do the thing that you love because it could be taken away in a heartbeat yeah and i think it was tough for me to process that because i was like all constantly thinking well gosh am i gonna make it back and then Mm -hmm. i was like you know what screw it like i gotta stop thinking that way and i gotta just do everything you know my little goals and like you know, stay positive and I'm going to get back. I'm going to get my chance. I'm going to get my opportunity, but you never know if your knee's going to hold up or how it's going to feel when you jog or when you sprint or when you cut. And, uh, you know, there could be little things that your body is just not accepting. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's things that are out of your control. So, um, you know, luckily everything, you know, worked out, but that was probably, you know, really demanding for me to think about, um, through the process. And I think that, You know, every opportunity that you get to put on the jersey could be your last. So you have to make the best of it.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I also feel like you grew a lot because you you were able to um, express those feelings of doubts, those feelings of fear and express them, but also um, use them as a way to uh, fuel your pursuit to your goal. Like if you yeah. wouldn't have said, I'm scared. I don't think I can get yeah. back. If you wouldn't have yeah. said that, do you think you really would have gotten, or do you think that was a part of the process that really helped you get through?
1: No, I mean, I think, I think that was really help, like helpful for my process. I know mm-hmm. everyone deals with a different, like, says different things, but I think that that was helpful for my process. So I was kind of like proving myself wrong every day. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I can do this, and, like, maybe, I don't know, maybe tomorrow I can do that, and then I would be surprised on myself for actually doing some of the things that I could do, and, um, you know, I would try and do extra in the gym, or, you know, one more jump to the right or to the left in my stability exercise, like, just try and, like, hold a little bit longer, like, one more second, or, you know, and, and kind of try to prove myself wrong a little bit yeah. each day better. those. I mean, even so small, but it's, it would make me, you know, happy uh, in that moment. But um, I mean, don't get me wrong, but it, I had some rough moments. Yeah. I would be crying during an exercise, I'm sure you as well, but I'm sure a lot of the listeners, but, you know, it wasn't a perfect process. Um, you know, there were times where I would go home and I would be exhausted and I would just start breaking down because I was like, I just don't know if I can do this or if I want to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, just talking with my friends, my family, my teammates constantly pushing me and also the fans through that whole process. I mean, without them, it's like, I don't know. It was just like, I guess, challenged me every day to to get back. But you're right. Um, it, it was. It was a grueling process, but it really taught me um, a lot about myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, and going through that. I think I'm very lucky, like like I said before to to have learned um, what that kind of fear is
0: mm-hmm. if you uh, so there's so many people go- listening that have maybe they're in the midst of this r- injury recovery right now, do you have something that like say you were doing this, you know, you could tell yourself go back to day one and be like hey this is this is what I wish I knew now do you what would you okay. say to these people or what would you say to yourself
1: I would say take it one day at a time mm-hmm. don't rush the process don't rush your knee because you want to get back take 14 months
0: yep. like it took
1: me probably 12 to 14 months to get back to where I was and I wasn't even there yet I remember um, when Tom you know was the national team coach and mm-hmm. he could barely put me in the squad yeah. you know in my first a few, you know, weeks back with the team, he's like, look, I know you're back, but I can't, I can't put you in the squad. You're not, you're not back to where you, you were or I, I know where you want to be. And I respected that. I'm like, look, you're right. You're right. You know, like I need to work harder. I need to get stronger. I need to continue the rehab process, but you can't go from zero to a hundred. You have to let yeah. your body heal and you don't want to come back and play early and then do it all again. Or you don't want to take steps back again and you miss five or six games rather Mm -hmm. than just missing one or two because, you know, you've waited and you've done the work. And I think that, uh, you know, some people tend to rush the process. And I think I'm really happy that I took the 12 to 14 months to get back. You know, I didn't rush back to, to try and play in in a big tournament or, you know, I had to just suck it up and go through the process and learn and grow. And, um, but it was tough, you know, it was Mm -hmm. really tough. And I think that if I could go back to day one, I would probably say not only that because I feel like I I didn't rush the process, but go back and, and do more um, work on my quad muscles, I think to help protect the knee, Mm. make those stronger. Um, I think I, I, It's not like I skipped it, but I don't think I realized at the very beginning that that would be – the the best advice I could give that would be um, the most important is to strengthen all of the muscles that are surrounding your knee so doing more of the quad exercises and the balance exercises um, you know to get back and, and my leg was like a noodle you know and so I needed to really yeah. not I mean my, calf, my calves are like huge so I was happy that they kind of went down
0: <laughs> so, you had um, Jordan legs for a while you had a Jordan leg right? and I, an yes, alley
1: leg <laughs> my like model legs um so they were looking good but they didn't feel you know as strong as usually you know my quads are are, are big and my calves are big so so they needed to give back to where they were to help protect the knee and I think that if I could go back I would do more of that more even though it's you know it sucks and it's it's a lot but to to constantly you know work that quad muscle and mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called the the muscle that's right on top of your knee vmo um, yeah yeah that guy. So that's, that's yeah. So that's so important. Um, and that will help you in the long run. It's
0: mm-hmm. great advice. And I think you taking your time maybe led you to this moment. Um, yeah. fast forward to 2015 women's world cup is in Canada and you are part of a team who just played so well, gets to the, the world cup final and you are playing on another oh. field than the field that you tore your ACL. Oh. Did you, did you think about that at all? Or did you just, um, ha- how, how, how yeah. did you, how did you step yourself through that process?
1: Yeah. I mean, I loved that process because I was like, F yeah. Like, look <laughs> at this. Like, I couldn't believe that it worked out that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is so crazy. I mean, I, you know, everything it was like a, built I for a movie. Like, Right. I'm like, I just, I couldn't believe it, but I was like, you know what? That needs to be on the back burner because you cannot think, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in a new place right now. You're four years later. Like you are, you know, you're well beyond like having to like struggle with that whole mentally, um, you know, or mentality that, you know, you're back on this field and it's going to be a drag. But I was like, you know what? I can make a new memory because this is like giving me so much, um, I guess energy and motivation and power to get back to to this team and this field and you know this feeling again. So I think that it was more of a like a aha moment. Like you know what I'm yeah. back and like this is I don't know. I, I guess I'm just I was thinking I'm gonna just crush this and we're gonna win and this is gonna be a new memory for me to like share and it's gonna kind of bring everything full circle yeah. and that was more motivating in itself I guess I didn't really think about that because I'm like look it's a new field like it's a it's a new team it's a new tournament um you know what like yeah. let's just show up and show out and
0: and new um, memory you did make I mean you became yeah. a, a world cup champion that day and do you still yeah. catch yourself and say like I I have won the world cup like yeah, we won the world I, cup that's just like For me, it's so cool to think that, like, I have all these friends who are,
1: like, world champions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and even for all the soccer – you know, women in in the league and for in America, like we all won the World Cup. Like we literally, we all won it together. And because we make each other better and we make our U.S. team the best team in the world and we have the best league in the world. And it's just, it's, it's everyone, you know? And so that is what's so cool about it. And I think that, you know, we're just representing um everyone else and and I think that that was what was so cool about it and the Mm -hmm. fans and the families and the friends and just the players and their league and the players who have played for the U.S. and and I think that that was why it was so meaningful and I think I just I broke down right after the final whistle Mm -hmm. I fell to my knees and I broke down because it was so overwhelming that we've all that work that we put in I mean we spent 288 88 days together but also the process of a four-year period, me going through my knee personally, yeah. um, but also as a team. So I think that everything just kind of came crashing down, and it was just – we had nothing left to give. And me personally, I had nothing left to give because yeah. I had worked back to that moment. And so it was really overwhelming in a positive way, mm-hmm. but um, I, I was really So beautiful. It was pull. so beautiful, too. Yeah. I mean, that – Yeah, so it was cool. I
0: got I, – I'm sitting here, and I have goosebumps because I just – I love your emotion and your um, passion and your humility, Al. I mean, gosh, Thank that's you. that's a beautiful thing. So, so proud of you. Um, you. Okay, before I ask you the last thing, I think I'm going to start this yeah. new – I want to start like a rapid fire, fun little – because some of the things we talk about are like <laughs> pretty serious, but like I'm not serious. You yeah. know me. I'm like the weirdest person yeah. that has – walked the face of the earth so, so fun. um okay so rapid fire you have to answer these as quickly as you can uh favorite food uh italian or
1: oh, no mexican oh color beans did you just say beans no i said mexican cuisine oh, cuisine.
0: <laughs> beans. Fall in that beans, category, beans. Yeah. mexican beans <laughs> okay i'm doing bad at rapid fire so far uh okay. color Who's your favorite athlete? Oh
1: gosh. Uh, I don't know. Um oh this isn't even fast. Um I don't know. Um uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, okay. Um that's okay. That's
0: you, you can keep I, thinking. Maybe we'll come back to let it me if you think, think of someone. Yeah. <laughs> Messi or Ronaldo. Well, I, I don't have a
1: favorite, but I have so many. So yeah,
0: right. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, messy favorite song right now
1: um body like a back road by Sam Hunt get get it get it um your favorite book yeah. um right now I'm reading modern romance and I think it's hilarious
0: oh I've never heard of it uh tattoos do you have them yeah I have
1: three what's your favorite one um, probably the quote on my side um, or on my arm because it's just a representation of my time in Germany mm. and from the first German book that I read. What's it say? It says, um, "One can see clearly with the heart, but what's most essential is invisible to the eye." That I wrote it in German. I got it written in German. Love it. Um, your favorite comeback athlete? Ooh. Um... tough one you
0: can't say yourself no just
1: kidding <laughs> <laughs> and me no uh was that a trick question yes. um, <laughs> gosh I don't know okay um, I think I think all of the moms on our women's national team because they are wow, right friggin like super women after their they give birth and they have their beautiful children and they come back and they just crush it yes. and I'm just so I just respect them so much
0: snaps to them um early riser or night owl
1: I'm kind of both like it just depends I'm I'm like I crush like my shows on Netflix at night so sometimes I'm up you know later than I think but um I also enjoy the morning time so much having my coffee sitting outside and before training so what's your Netflix show right now Right now, I'm watching Shameless, and then on um, Showtime, I'm watching Ray Donovan. Mm. Uh, last song you sang in the car? Um, probably Body Like a Back road. Yeah, I had that on this morning. <laughs> probably that, or um, what is the song? Hold on, it's by Little Uzi. Have you heard it? No. You got to download this. Okay. It's called um, People Are Gonna Die. I think I get, like, street cred for this. Um, Crystal actually gave it to me. Oh,
0: goodness. So, it's Do What I
1: Want by Little Uzi Vert. Okay, cool. I, I
0: love that you were singing that in the car.
1: Oh, my God, I was. And I try and like rap to like Bad and Bougie. I try and like I looked up the words. Yeah, I'm that person. I love. That. And I was like, what is he actually saying? And so I like looked it up, and so I try and like sing along to that because it gets me hyped for training. That's amazing. Favorite emoji? Um, I think I do the hands up all the time, like the yeah. field goal hands yeah. up. I don't, I don't know why. I'm like praise them. Me like,
0: too. I too. Just... Yeah. Um, who? I just thought of this because I've been having weird dreams lately. Who did you
1: last dream of? Like, who was in your dream? I don't really remember my dreams, which is weird, right? I, like, I'm, like, i like, knocked out all the way. That's um, that's
0: fine. That's fine.
1: I, like, really never remember my dreams.
0: Cool. So it could be but, anyone. Anyone out there. You're probably in Allie's dreams. Um, yeah, we were hanging
1: out. I get <laughs> tweets about that, too. People are like, yeah, we were hanging out in the dream. Like, you're pretty cool. And I'm like, "Oh, thanks. Like... oh
0: my gosh um if you had a superpower what'd you say
1: it said it might be a little creepy but right
0: right. if you had a superpower what would you choose
1: um probably what rogue has like strength or Mm. i would try and like transport
0: oh yeah good one uh who's your best friend
1: Um, I have a best friend from home besides Ashlyn. Mm -hmm. I have a best friend from home, uh, Liz Mumley, who we've grown up since we were seven. And we have played soccer together and against each other. Is that who I just sent the shirt to? Sorry? Is that who I just sent the shirt to? Yeah, Elizabeth Mumley. Right. And okay. she's going through you guys, she's going through this ACL process right now. She's I think three months out. Like she's crushing it. I went to PT with her the other day or last week and she looks so good and uh, I'm rooting for her. She heard it actually um on turf yeah. playing in her um her co ed match. They they play like, I yeah. don't know, two or three times a week and she heard it during that. It was so devastating. But yeah. um She's been like crushing it. So I'm so proud of her. But yeah, we've grown up since we were seven and um, together as best friends, played soccer. She went to Ohio State. I went to Penn State. So we played against each other for two years. That was kind of awkward, but (laughs) we had to like (laughs) mark each other. It was so weird. Um, Yeah, but she's been by my side the entire way. And uh, yeah.
0: Right. Shout out, Liz. We love you. Um, Yes. (laughs) uh, Who this is going to I don't even know if I want to ask you this question. Favorite teammate ever. Uh, Heather O'Reilly. Okay. Biggest pet Besides peeve. You. You. No, you don't have. No, I was just saying, you've had so many good teammates. You had, like, that's that's hard. Oh. Um, biggest pet and, peeve. I mean, I love my
1: dudes, but hands down, Heather O'Reilly's
0: like the shit. Yeah, she is. Shout out, so Hayo, like, as well. Uh,
1: what, yeah. What's, what's your biggest yeah. pet peeve? Um, I guess. Uh, oh, gosh. Um probably people eating with their mouth open mm, so annoying
0: And like I don't <laughs> want
1: to see your food like just and I don't want to hear you chomping like just keep it closed and like we're good okay if you left for vacation today
0: where would you choose to go
1: uh Bora Bora
0: Oof, get, talk to me I want to go to the Maldives that's my <laughs> that's my thing right now the oh my god being yeah.
1: one of those little heads yeah in <laughs> uh,
0: okay what's your favorite alternative workout that's not your sport
1: Um, I love playing like beach volleyball Mm, or I could, I could do that. Tan Um, and action. Yeah, (laughs) that would be really fun. Um,
0: Um, yeah, that would be cool.
1: Or like going to like a biking class or something.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well great um first edition of Rapid Fire. I think we kinda sucked at it, but whatever. Yeah. We tried we tried and it was just a good we got to know Al a little bit better. Um
1: yeah, instead of like my you know, me in my soccer uniform.
0: <laughs> I
1: don't know. Um, we know that Al. you like to sing
0: to little Uzi or little Uzi. I don't even oh know my what God. it is. <laughs>
1: You guys all have to download it. So I'll do what I want. Crystal,
0: you know, yeah. told
1: me to download it. and Ever since I've been jamming out to it, and all the young players on the national team are like, "Yo, Krieg, like, how do you know Uzi? is this Uzi or Lil Uzi?" I was like, "Yes, yeah, I'm yes. 32. So I, I'm not like a proud. grandma." I'm
0: like, yeah. Um, well, actually, I might have you um, if you want. I mean, you have some good tunes, and I know that with um, your with AllieKrieger.com, you do a. Uh, playlist so maybe yeah. we can share your your newest playlist we can also share with uh the whole acl club
1: oh that'd be awesome i need to okay. get back on i know the fans are like okay, yeah come we're. on girl i've been slacking i've been slacking yeah. but, you know i'm a little busy, a little busy. <laughs> so.
0: um okay well speaking of that i'm gonna let you go and i just i really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about your scar story sure. how it helped shape your you and um it's just been really good to talk to you Al. and Right right now, you are prepping for, you know, the She Believes Cup. You're prepping for your yeah. next season, um, a new season yeah. with uh, uh, with Orlando Pride, which is so fun. Like, you get yeah. to wear purple. I'm jealous.
1: Like, I'm gonna be <laughs> I get doesn't... to wear purple. I feel like everyone looks so good in purple. I pumped. love purple so much. Um,
0: yeah. So, at, you know, I want you to imagine now we are years and years down the line and your uh, career as a professional is over. What Mm -hmm. do you want your legacy to be um, in as, as a soccer player? What do you want people
1: to remember you for? Um, I obviously want to leave the game better than, you know, where I left it. And I, I want people to remember how I made them feel rather than um, just what I gave to the game. I want, you know, you know, fans and teammates alike to just realize that we are people and we're human beings and, um I, I wanna leave a good impression and good feelings and um be a good teammate, uh I think and, and just a, a good player that can kind of relate to the fans and um be somewhat closer to the fans to to make them feel like, you know, we all care like we do. And I just want them to know that I appreciate each and every one of them, um both teammates and, and coaches and fans that so I, I hope to leave that type of legacy um, you know, people always remember the way you made them feel. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's something that's really important to me and close to my heart and type the type of legacy that I want to leave. Yeah. And last question here,
0: Craig's, What is, um, show your scars mean to you?
1: Um, show your scars means that, you know, you go through a life changing process and you shouldn't be afraid to, you know, uh, go through that process. Um, full throttle not around it not you know over it or under it you go right through and my brother has said that to me multiple times Mm. and I think that that is great advice so you just go through the process you share your scar along the way you hopefully help people um, to you know stay positive and to go through the process with you and and to come out very successful on the other side but you learn a lot about yourself and I think that that is why share your scars is, is so awesome
0: so Love it. Thank you you. so much. Beautiful answer, (laughs) and it's been great talking to you, Al.
1: Yeah, so good to talk to you, Jordan, and bye to everyone listening, and I can't (laughs) wait to follow along your podcast. This is amazing.
0: I hope you guys loved that podcast as much as I loved recording it. A great interview with Allie Krieger, and she just had such a great mentality throughout the whole process and still does as she continues to – Fight for everything that she wants in her life, whether it be a starting spot now on the national team or earning a spot on her new team in Orlando. She has a really good head on her shoulders and ability to realize that she's in control of what she's in control of. And I think her dad really instilled that in her at a young age. And that's probably one of the big reasons why she is now a World Cup champion. Let us know who you want to hear from next. We have a couple interviews lined up, but we want to get some more people who want to show their scars and share their strength with us on this podcast. So email me, info at theaclclub.com. The ACL Club is my business, so that's what I use my email through. Um, But it doesn't have to be an ACL injury just happens that Allie's Allie's was but anybody that you think has a cool scar story we would love to share it so go out there today people and show your scars with pride would ya have a good one